0: Hi, everyone. I'm Martin Tyler. You are listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast.
1: Welcome to NL Full-Time. It might be Christmas, but we're still around to review all the Boxing Day fixtures and results. Merry Christmas, first of all. I hope you all had a good and safe one. Later, we'll be joined by Hampton Richmond Borough manager Gary McCann. His side was the only side to win in the National League South on Boxing Day, but that's because there were only two games played. It is Gary McCann. But now to look at who brought Christmas cheer and who had too much to take, it is Rob Wowell. And also with us, it's Chris Pratt. Joining us as always, it is Dickie Wharton. Well, we're going to look at the National League North first. We'll look at the results later. But now joining us, it is... Jason Ainsley, ex spending more manager Jason Ainsley, we can call you now. Hiya, Jason. Oh, thanks very
2: much for that. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, it hasn't <laughs> took you long to say that, has it? Thanks for inviting me. Really appreciate
1: it, lads. I guess uh, you've been you've been at spending more for so long, and, and and I know you've kind of covered it a little bit, but but I guess a big question is why? Why did you leave when you did?
2: Uh, it's probably been a build up, to be honest. I, you know, I think everybody knows the relationship I have with the chairman. It, it goes back. 20 odd years and probably the Covid hasn't helped really in a way I mean I've, I work 45-50 minutes away from, from my house in Stockton I work in South Shields um, and, and when you're in charge of behaviour of, of a school of a thousand odd students and then I had three members of my me heads a year the head of year 11 had uh, to isolate the head of year 10 had to isolate then the head of year 8 was off so it was just absolutely manic like I was I was run ragged so I was leaving the house which which I always do I leave at quarter seven but then um, our training facility which which they as we're classed as an elite elite level they, they only opened up for us but they could only open up at, um, at, at quarter by six which is not far from where I live really the, the training ground is not far from where I live so I was out the house quarter seven and, and getting in on a Tuesday and Thursday at nine o'clock at the night and then I missed the Brackley game and I mean, I, I think I've done it for 14, 15 years at, at, at Spennymoor, and I think I can count on on one hand that how many games I've missed, and, and I just couldn't physically get to Brackley on a, on a Tuesday night, which which we did last year on, on a Tuesday, so I, I managed to get there, but just the circumstances was just um, was just really hard for me, really. and and, and to be honest, the level we're at, you're competing against, you know, not only a lot of full-time teams, but also full-time managers who've just got, they maybe have a little football school of their own that they can just man-manage and, and have people working for them, whatever you, you say, but you're competing against teams like that and, you know, it's very, very difficult and what the chairman's built at the football club in terms of the structure and, you know, and, and there's a lot of full-time posts, it's very more like full-time managing director, full-time head of academy, Football and a community officer, uh, full time groundsman, and the main man really, who's not not full time, not not to say that's me. It, it's it's a it's a manager to, to take it to the next level, really, and I, not so much. I've took it as far as I can because I think, like you say we were apparently kicking away from going to the next level, and and that's football. But I, I feel as though you know after speaking with the chairman, I think you know a couple of months off and, and maybe revitalise and, and look at maybe another post in the in the club is maybe something where I'm looking at. But like you say, that's for the chairman to decide and. I was gutted you know I mean doesn't matter if it's a football match or a marriage or whatever that. Like when, you, when you're involved in something for 15 years um, you know it breaks your heart a little bit and, and to see the messages that I received from all all walks of the, the country you know it, it did bring a it brought a tear to my eye really and, and like I said it's it's, um, it's surreal going to watch the football club or watch it on... I mean, it's cost me more watching the live streams than it has when I'm actually involved in the football. It's cost me a fortune. <laughs> so I need some money back off the off either yourselves or the club, if you, if you don't mind. It cost me a fortune.
3: It
1: was a, it was a massive shock, wasn't it, Dickie? When we read it, we, we couldn't really believe it, could we?
0: Yeah, I, I, well, can't, I couldn't think where I'd been on the evening, but I logged back in and the last thing I was expecting to see two days before um, a fixture... You know, it was an, an announcement like that. So yeah, and and as somebody you know is at a distance from it, but knows how you know integral you've been to the success of Spennymore, It kind of like knocked me sideways, really. So, um, but you know, the the circumstances are obviously you know understandable that, that you know you've got to think about um, not just the football
2: club, but your but your life away
0: from that as well.
2: Yeah, that was that was the most difficult thing because. Not only that, i mean my wife, I mean, my, my wife goes to all the games, you know what I mean, she she supports me, and my daughter, who's 18 year old, she, she goes to the games, and that, that's, that was the hardest part, because you're you, you working a, in a difficult environment in school, which, which I absolutely love, we work with, with students and that, you know, then you're coming home, you get beat on a Saturday, and you have to face the wife and kids, are, well, kids that are grown up now, who've got face like thunder, so there was no sort of right release, and and, we, and and we, I'd spoken to the chairman after the Brackley game. He knew I wasn't going to Brackley, and then and I said, "Look, we'll we, we make the we'll make the announcement on Thursday." So I go to the training, and I said to Tommy Miller, "I said, look, I said I'll I'll go a bit later. I'll go a bit later because I don't want to tell the lads before training." So as it happens, I, I get there about half an hour with the training, and I, and I walks up the train. And all the lads are clapping their head. But, you know, oh, nice to see you this time, Gaffer. You know, like, you know what time do you call this? I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is only going to get worse. Like, you know, they, were, they, they all applauded me up the field and saying, oh, you know, what time? And, I, and I'm just thinking, and, and usually some of them do shoot shooting practice after the, after the training and things like that. And I called them into, into the training, into the changing room. And you, you know me quite well, Richard, you know. And I got the first words out. I said, look, I'm going to step, be stepping aside. And I think that's all the words I got out. You know that I just started filling up, and, and Tommy Miller had to, had to sort of finish my speech off, if you like. It was because a lot of them players I've been with for, for, for a long, long time, and, and everybody in the, in the football club, I've, even the management team, I brought brought with me. So it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. And <clears throat> like I said, it was. It, 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 I, get, I get to school the next day, and the head teacher even said to me, he said, "What have I just seen on you know, on Twitter and on Facebook and all this that you've left Spennymoor?" You know. And he, and even he didn't know, I told him, him earlier in the week that it was, I was finding things hard. And he would have let you go to Brackley, but it's, it's not the fact that you, you leave school at, at one o'clock and have to leave, and, and leave three or four hours earlier than you should do. It's, it's the fact that you're you getting home at two and three in the morning and back up at six o'clock again in the, in the following day and, 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 and having, to, having to work uh, difficult, in difficult circumstances, as you know. So, yeah, it was a Thursday night and it was, like I said, it was, it, I just couldn't sleep really Thursday I had a glass of wine but um, it was just a blur really and, and like I said it, it, it is what it is you know and, and that's not that's just because of the people that I've left behind really not for not for much for myself Question
3: might be for you Jason you might know the answer or the boys between them I bet will know the length of time you were at Spenymore, where does that stand, boys, in terms of the longevity of an appointment? Because it's so rare in football these days. Who's been there of, longer? I mean,
0: I can't think of too many others. We um, were at
3: Harrogate. How long has that been?
0: I think he took yeah. over in about two thousand and eight. Yeah. So, so I think I think Jason just ahead of him
2: there. I think I think I read an article. In a, in a, and this was a couple of years ago. Obviously, when when Arsene Wenger was at Arsenal, I think it was in, from the Premier League to the. So sort of st- step two, I think it is. Yeah. I think he was ahead of me, and somebody else ahead of me. So when he went, I was quite pleased. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what he did in the game, Aston like, but uh, you know, he was he was he was he was ahead of me, and I think there was somebody else. Um, so it's a, it's a fairly good stint. I think there's a couple just behind me, but like I said, the, it's when you reflect, you don't realize that what what you know the amount of time that you do, and the amount of miles that you've probably covered, and games that you've covered. It just when, because it's the norm, it becomes the norm in your life, you know, and it's sort of. There's a void there and, and, and every Tuesday and Thursday when I'm sat down I'm thinking I should be some, should, should be at training or I should be at the game or whatever but no, like you said it's it's nice to have that Christmas uh, with a family and uh, the chairman keeps promising to take me out for a meal but I think he knows there's a lockdown on doesn't he so I think he's just winding me up really. <laughs>
0: I, 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 I was, was going I was gonna ask you the obvious question of um yeah. I know you know I've heard various managers say before and now about um, you know that th- the was keen for them to get another role because it gets them back out of the house on a Saturday because they don't like them being around. But Joanne's <laughs> obviously been, you know, yeah. supportive and been at the games with you as well, so you haven't got that dilemma.
2: Well it's funny because like I said, I think uh, I think we watched the York game together, and, and, and you laugh at it and the lads who normally laugh about this because I hate budgeting with money, you know what I mean? And and, and I am sure I seen it. I, I'm sure I seen it it was pay what you want for York stream. So I, I, I give a fiver, you know what I mean? I thought I'll, I'll be generous, I'll give a I'll give a fiver for the game. And then when we put it on, me and Joanne sat what's uh, the tell you that and then it's it, it was a free stream. So I was devastated. I was so all game I was filming, I'd give a fiver away, then I shouldn't have I shouldn't I didn't have to give. Uh, but it was worth it because Glenn popped up in the in the ninetieth minute or whatever it was in, in, in April. So so that was that was good to watch the live stream of that. And then uh, I don't want to probably keep going. I didn't go to the Mass game and, and and I went to the Southport game. But like I said, just as a as a bystander, really. So it, it I think me, well my wife knows I've always had football in my blood. You know what I mean? And, and the kids do. So it's one of them where you know, I I'll, I'll keep looking where the games are. If it's not outside, it'll be on the telly anyway. So. It is what it is, and, and, and um, I'm still an advocate of, of National League football because I think it's a fantastic level and, and, and some brilliant footballers and great, great managers, you know. Yeah.
4: In, in part, answer to, to Rob's question, Roly Howard was manager of Marine for 33 years. So um, you're a mere pup, Jason. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember him, to be honest. Yeah, I remember him. <laughs> yeah.
1: what's, your, um, what's your proudest memory of
2: spending more, being spending more money than Jason? Well, oh, there's, there's, there's lots, I think, to see. Just to walk in, and I know, you know, and I'm talking to Richard and people like yourselves who, who've got superb grounds, like, you know, I mean, stepping out of Stockport and Telford's and Chester's and Daltons, that's a proud moment. You know, I mean, I looked in the day, um, and it's funny this, we, we I think we played in Darlington in 2012-13, in and, and they'd just been reformed. And, and, and there was 2,800 at, at Spennymoor, you know, in the Northern League, which is... I don't know. Step seven, whatever it is, you know, the you know, it, it's just an astronomical crowd to see Spennymoor and and, and Dalton won't like me for saying that because they, they're a, they've got a proud history and a you know and a fantastic football club and and, and being a being a full time football league outfit for many years, so they don't class Spennymoor as a local derby. But like stepping out and playing against Darlington for a town of seventeen thousand people, that, that 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 was a great achievement. But obviously the promotions. The, the Vars final in the 2013 at Wembley that you know to lead your team out at Wembley is, is, is obviously a, a great occasion but the semi-final really for me it's, it, it, I always say that it always sticks out because we played Guernsey home and away you know in which you know, w- whatever competition you play you, we had to fly to the game you know so we we, we flew we flew the day before um, and, and I always remember that we, we, we landed and it was absolutely teaming down pouring down and myself and, and it was Gavin Fellow who my assistant manager and he'd won it a couple of years before with Whitley Bay so he was great that, in that cup run and, and, and we said look we'll, we'll have a walk down the ground the management team in the morning of the game so we get we get out of the hotel we, and, we, and it was a beautiful morning we get down to the ground and Guernsey I mean the, there was a three, whatever, 3,000 there green and whites and there was queues miles long to go and see this game and I remember this student he said to me he said are you the manager and I said oh yeah he said "Oh, you might want to come through so and this was about past eleven in the morning. You know what I mean. So we've got we've gone into the ground and we've seen this helicopter come landing down, and it must have been about five ten yards from the from the centre circle. And, and he said, "Oh, he said if this doesn't work, he said the game will be off." And and, and he was dispersing all the the, the 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 propellers were dispersing all the water from the the centre circle because it had rained that heavy on the night. And the game was going to get called off, and it was going to have to be rearranged. And the I'm going to say, you know, we've got to get work the following, you know, the, 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 the Monday we have going to be at work. You know, and, uh, come back and we, on we, Tuesday. Yeah, come back Tuesday. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I don't even think it was rain. I think they were just doing all these spells and all that, like Guernsey man. But I've kept, I've kept in touch with them, and you know, their gaffer was brilliant, and they're they a really good side. And, and, and again, that brings back memories. I, I think Guernsey had a TV show, you know, Channel, so they were beaming it live and and I'm talking 2013, so the game was being back in Spennymoor. So all the bars in Spennymoor, I mean bars, I mean all the all the pubs in Spennymoor were, were watching this game live. You know what I mean? And and I know it's it doesn't sound nothing now because obviously every game is streamed live. But but in 2013, it had that sort of it, a bit of an aura about it, and and we played really well. We I think we won three one. Had a great night out in Guernsey on the night. The chairman trekked us all really well, and. And, and then we flew back the following day, and, and then the following day we, we we were just about to land in Newcastle, and and the plane, you know, the, the wind got over the plane again. And we had to go back up in the in the air again. It was like it was like it's a real weekend, and you know, it just, it just had so many memories. And, and then obviously following that, I think we we won two 0 in the second leg, and you know, the rest is history, as I say. And, and we went on to win the vase, but but that semi final, like you say, there's... There's not many teams have to play a semi-final away in, in 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 the Channel Islands and have to fly there and back, so it was that was something special, really.
1: The game you were at yesterday on Boxing Day, Darlington against Benny Moore, I mean, did you still get that excitement even though there weren't fans there? Uh,
2: well, I kept me. I did that a little bit before the radio, yeah. So that was all right. I'm glad the fans weren't there because I get absolutely butchered every time I go there. You know the, I, and I don't know why they, and I've got a massive head or whatever like that, so they can't shout about my head and all that, so I try and, I try and put a comb down on it every time I go to Dalton, I change my hairstyle, try to comb someone over, so it was weird because I was in the, I was in the boardroom with their chairman, uh, Dave Johnson, who was a lovely fella in, in, in the hospitality, and and I thought, I'm just going to be like, you know, quite impartial here, but I, but I seen him going wild and that every time Dalton, you know, with, with a tap in, or, or there was a free kick, he was going wild, so I'm thinking, well, if he can act like that, so can I. So I was every time Spenny we were attacking, um, I, I, I was, I was, I was up for it. Like so, it, it just brings back memories when we we've had a bad record against them. No matter how well we've played, we've always seemed to not be on the end of a, of a poor result until the last couple of years. we we beat them two one away two year ago. Uh, Stephen Brogan and Glenn Taylor were two brilliant free kicks, and then we, we beat them at home last year three one. So it was it was it was it was nice. I was just hoping that we could. Uh, we will go there and win again, but it's definitely not the same without fans. Because they'd have been, it'd have been rocking there yesterday. You know what I mean, with home and away fans. But it was just, it's just not the same as it really.
1: I was going to say, it's good job we got rid of the manager then, and didn't spend Got a positive result. Yeah, it was
2: you right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's what I was saying to Tommy. I said, if you win there on your first attempt, I'm going to go mad. Like I said, you know, it's the same players, I'm going to be fuming with. You. But uh, you take, you take a point as long as you get a good win on on, on tomorrow against Gates, because it's, it's a tough. It's a tough Christmas period that in the North East, you know, you've got Dalton back to back games and then you've got Gator, who are a great full time outfit as well. So it's not the easiest fixtures over Christmas for the club.
1: And obviously, say the club's in safe hands, Tommy Miller's taken over for for now, hasn't he? And uh,
2: so it's a good a bit continuity still, isn't it? Yeah, it does help. It does help. But like I said, he's he's his own person and he's his own man. And, you know, he's got, his, he's got all of his licenses. it's there the won't be short of people being in for the job, put it that way. And I, and I know lots of people have been sniffing around the job, and, but it's Tommy's at the moment, and he's got his, he's got an opportunity. And you know, it's he's got till the end of January, and he's got to put his stamp on it. And, and it's, the chairman's a very loyal person, you know. So if he's doing well, he'll keep the job. If, if he isn't, then like I said, it'll, it's up to the chairman to decide what, what he needs to move to, to next. Because, like I said, for for a part-time club at this level, it's it's a real, real good job for a manager, you know. And, and, and like I said, I, I know for a fact that there's people inquired about it already, even though Tommy's in, in 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 the driving seat. And you know, he's a friend of mine, Tommy, and he's a great, great coach, great manager. And I, and I hope he does well. Like I said, that you know, it's a it's a results-driven business, and and have I him. He's the most placid guy I've ever met in my life, Tommy. But I, I see him now. He's, he was booked against York City. Uh, he, for for having a go at the ref and he was having a go yesterday, so I, I said, I hope I'm not rubbing off on him. If, if <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think that my influence is helping him. Has he suddenly
1: gone like grey as well? Is <laughs> he silver haired now?
2: Well, well, I said that. I said I think he's had three, four games, so I, I don't think he has yet. But I think I've seen a little bit of baldness on him, and I think I think is receding a little bit. So it's not it's not an easy gig this management. lad I think he thought it was easy being the. Being in the back, you know, in the back room as an assistant manager. It's a, it's a different kettle of fish.
0: I suppose the thoughts I have about it is, that uh, you know, you you said there about, um, you know, when when you took over, and I, I've I've seen photographs of the the ground at Spennymoor from a number of years ago, and it, it just like bears no resemblance to what's there now. And it and in that sense, always it feels to me. <clears and> I <like> think <throat> I said it to you. I dropped your message on the night that, that that I found you were stepping down. That. Yeah, it almost feels like with the facilities, but also with with the team that you have given to the, the town spending more that you've you've kind of really helped put them on the map, as it were. And it, and it and it's an area that's, um, you know, it's been through some tough times, hasn't it, as well? So that must be a big source of pride for you.
2: Absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, going back to when I don't know when it was, I think 2006 or something like that when we started. You know, we used to train train on a on a park pitch. You know, then like people walking the dogs around and. We didn't have training kits. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have the facilities. I mean, I wouldn't even meet the players at the ground because it was it was dishevelled. Um, and that's and I've mentioned this many times. I, I, you know, and I still don't agree with it. At the Northern League level at that time, you didn't have to get promoted. Um, and people say who was the best sign you've ever made? And The best sign I ever made was the chairman because I, I was the one who brought him in. You know what I mean? He won't thank me for that because it probably cost me a fortune. But but it, but he is he's the best you know the, he's the best thing that's happened to the football club not in terms of just the football just the community what he what he what he's actually done for the community you know the, we've got an academy there that's that's setting and on now and it'll only get better I think the, the, you know they're the talking about which which is in the process of the, the 16 to 19 program where where we'll be looking at apprenticeships going into in, in work related learning you look at you, you know the food banks that he's do, doing you know that the players all dono, donated uh, percentage of their wages, you know, as as did the, the chairman's company great annual savings. They did the same, and you know they took took food parcels to, the, to 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 all people around Spennymoor and and see them in the local areas. You know, the, the chairman's not only just delivered on the football field; it's it's the wider wider community, and, and that's what's pride. I will go back to the the uh, I think the mayor of Spennymoor, uh, you know, he. Um, he had a civic reception reception for me and the chairman, uh, you know, at the town hall. And I, I always remember this. And uh, I, I mean, I, I keep saying the chairman, the cha- nobody knows the chairman if it wasn't for myself. I keep winding up about that. And he keeps throwing it back in my face. He, he, he said, if it wasn't for him, nobody would know me. So it's a big argument. And what, what, what makes me laugh, we, we, we got presented with this civic award at the town hall, myself and the chairman. Chairman was, was a well-business. So I got presented with it and, he, and, and the chairman, uh, the, the the mayor with all his, you know, his gold stuff on, he, he went to me, uh, what a fantastic job you've done, Mr. Groves. And I went, oh, thanks very much. I wish I had his money, but I'm not Mr. Groves, I'm Mr. Ainsley. You know what I mean? And it just made me laugh because the chairman wasn't even there and he's getting recognised as, as, as me. You know, and I said to him, to, uh, I think he got called Jason Ainsley. So, no, it's, it's it, it, you know, the, it is it is a proud moment. It's, but foot, you know, Richard, as well as anybody, football's a funny. You know, you, you lose a couple of games, and you're, you're the worst thing in the slice. It doesn't matter how many years you've been at the football club. Um, but I think, like you say, that's just passion. That's just passion from from supporters. And to to probably answer one of your your, your previous questions, to see the crowds go from 100, 150, you know, 10, 12 years ago to to averaging 1200, um, which is not far off. You know, a lot of the teams who who are ex-football league clubs you know what I mean That that's to see the, the young generation wearing, wearing Spenny shirts and, and things like that that's that gives you a sense of pride as well and, and seeing and seeing some lads that have you know come through and, and, and really really embraced the football club and the town so it's 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 a small town, but but it's a real passionate football area.
0: I suppose as we've got you, and and as you are now um, impartial, I suppose yeah. asking your views on 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 the National League North this season, really, and what you've seen, and 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 how you you know might see it shaping up.
2: Like it is every year, it's, it's a crazy, crazy league. You know, if, if if you could bet on the league, you, you know, you certainly you certainly can't put a coupon on on a Saturday because you, you just results throw up left, right, and centre. Um, Anybody can beat anybody. Uh, you know, you talk about, you know, tactics and everything like that. It's, it's, it's all about on the day. And if your players turn up, you've got a chance. I looked at, you know, I looked at our, our side, at, you know, and I say our side, it was when I was there, you know, we played Gloucester and, and drew 2 all. We were lucky. We, we drew with York. We, drew, we beat Chester. But then, you know, you, you, you can go and get beat off anybody else. And I, and I think that there's not, there's not a big gap between the top and the bottom teams because like you say anybody, everybody's got quality players in the team everybody's got good managers and it's on the day and, and you know it's gloss. it's theirs at the moment it's theirs to lose but as it was with Kings Lynn last year they went on a fantastic run and you know and then and sort of nearly blew it in the end but they, but, they, but they got away with it you know but um I thought that you know when they lost the manager and they lost the Sandy, I thought they had a little bit of a wobble, but they've, they've recruited well again. So you know, and, and they're winning games, and, and that was a big win yesterday for them. But you look at Chester, York, you know, a big club, and they're a big scalp at this level. You know what I mean? It's you know, it's everybody's cup fan when they play York and they play you know teams like that, and it, it's a tough, tough, it's a tough question because. There's so many teams that can be in and around it, and, and and I don't think there's a there's a standout team where you can say right that they they're going to win the league and they'll go on a run of twenty games unbeaten because like I said, everybody can beat anybody, and um, it's a tough 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 one to answer really. I'll I'll stick my head out and say because they're, they're in front and, and you know they've got a got a got a breather is Gloucester, but there won't be. Uh, I mean, Chester are doing really well at the moment, and. Yeah, I mean, for me, guys like we we played them, and and, you know, I I don't think they'd won a a game away from home or whatever. And they they were brilliant on the night, and then they go away and and, and get beat. So it's like I said, we're at a level because we're at a level, aren't we? You know what I mean? It's that consistency, and you you can play really well one game, you can play really well in forty-five minutes, and then the second half, it's it's a totally different side. So we are where we are, but you know, the league. League's a tough league. It's a tough league. Is it? Is it got great, great quality? You know, people can answer that for themselves. But I feel as though it's a real strong league. And and, and like I said, it's 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 a league where you can't really you 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 can't call individual games because, like I say, you look at them at five o'clock. I used to look at the results after the games and think, "How they beat them? How's that happened?" You know. And like you say, Blythe, Yesterday we gated, you know, local derby. You know, i that you know been really struggling, and, and and I've got affinity for both clubs because I played for both clubs, and and then you turn around and see that they've drew two all. Well. It, 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 it's 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 a tough league.
1: So, obviously, Jason, finally, before we let you go, then um, what what are your plans going forward? It, I mean, did I read somewhere you are maybe going to take a role at the club but higher up, or are you looking to get back into management?
2: No, I'm, go, I'm going to have I'm going to have Christmas and, and like I say, New Year off. You know, and, and, and go to the games if I need to go to games or want to go to games is. You know the the clubs always. I mean, I, my wife got a lovely bouquet of flowers off the club the other day. You know, and I've had a lovely message from the supporters' club. So, you know, the club's still a, a real big part of, of my life. I was there as an eighteen-year-old player. You know, so I'm, I'm fifty-year-old. So I've been in, that, in and around that football club from from player to assistant manager to coach to whatever for thirty odd years. So I'm going to I'm going to take you know some time off, which, like I said, it's it's unheard of. I had Christmas day and I managed to have the second glass of wine because if I'd had set two glasses of wine before, I'd have been in bed with a bad head. So I had two glasses of wine over Christmas, which which was good. I'm going to sit down with the chairman in a couple of months and, and look at, you know, look at what, what's available because he's got to look after me as well. And, and, and it's got to be a role that fits in with my, my daytime job because it's like you say, it's when you're sort of in a leadership role at the school, it's, it, it takes quite a lot of time. And an effort, and, and, and the head teacher um, at Mortimer has been unbelievably supportive of me. You know what I mean. And, and the school as as a whole, so um, it's got to be able to fit around both jobs. And, and, and the che- but the chairman won't just give me a job for the sake of giving me a job. He'll give us a. He'll hopefully give me a role in there that can that can add value and, and it work around my uh, my day to day commitments. So watch this space.
1: Real well, Jason. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, good luck in your future ventures.
2: No, and thank you, you know, for all your support the of years. You know, you've been brilliant for me, and and even though Richard's on the other side at times, I've, I would like to say to him, right, he's done my heading because I've never ever beat Telford, and that's one regret I've got. Being able to go towards Richard in an interview and say, "There you go," you know what I mean? He's a, they're, they're a team that's really annoyed me. Well, ever uh, since uh, go on, I'll... ever since the, the FA Cup two 0 up in the ninetieth minute. And we still got beat in the replay. I'll be,
0: I'll be absolutely honest with you. I wasn't doing what I was doing for the club at the time, but I remember watching your post-match interview after that two-two draw, and I and I had it gave me an impression of you without having met you, and I and I have to say it, it's what I thought and and how I found you to be are are two completely different things, and I'm so <laughs> grateful for that opportunity that I've that I've got to 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 get to know you and everything because uh, you know you're an absolutely top class fella I think not not just in terms of the football but you know what you do in the community and everything and um yeah it's it, it's, it's just been a pleasure getting to know you I'll
2: just I'll just give you a little, little story on that one there we, we, I mean Liam Watson who was a friend of mine obviously who was at Telford at the time I don't know where they got the injury time from because he played about eight minutes so so I walked quietly over to the referee after the game Richard as you can imagine I walked quietly over and asked him what he, what he was thinking of and and then couple of weeks later I think I got a £125 fine in a, in a one game ban and and our secretary at the time was a referee and he said oh I said you know you need to appeal that you need to appeal that you you know what they're saying on that statement so I said oh well if you if you think that so I appealed and, and again a couple of weeks later I forgot all about it he went oh I've just got a letter for you here and I went all right and, and it had gone from 125 to £250 and two game ban so I thought you really annoy me, Telford really annoy me, Richard. <laughs> apart from you,
1: cost me a fortune. <laughs> because, at least, you won't have uh, you'll have Dickie still behind the dugout having a
3: go at you now, will you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I never would never do that, never would never do that. Yeah, no, I no. be, I've got be, too much be. respect for him,
3: but uh, <laughs> Jason, Jason, thanks ever so much for joining us, and, and to, particularly you know, what whilst you're uh, still uh working out what your future's going to be. Do come and join us uh, on the odd week and come and review the uh, National League North matches for us. It'll give us a break from Dicky. <laughs> oh,
2: <absolutely. laughs> more, more than happy, mate. No, thank you so much for having me Anyway, I really appreciate it.
1: So we've got the rest of the, the National League North results to look at. And, well, what we'll do first, Dicky, is obviously just quickly touch on those games that Jason mentioned. Obviously, the game he was at was a bit of a damp squid in the between Darlington and Spennymore. And then the other game between Biden and Gateshead was... A good point
0: in the end for Blythe. Yeah, that is a good point for Blythe. Uh, probably that, that wouldn't have been, um, you know, for most neutrals, looking from the outside would have probably had, if they were betting on that one, would have had their money on a Gateshead win. But that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a good point for um, uh, Michael Nelson's team there. They were behind Greg Golley's goal. Liam Agnew levelled. John Preston for Gateshead ahead. But Corey McEwen with a goal in second half to make it 2-2. And uh, yeah, they've got every reason to be... Uh, um, looking, you know, feeling positive about that.
1: Yeah, that po- the other game, as well as we mentioned, Darlington spending more. I mean, it'd be a frustrating day that for Darlington because they're down in the bottom as it is and they'll have wanted to kickstart the season with a win there.
0: Yeah, they would. I mean, they made progress in the FA Trophy last week, but yeah, they've still got quite a lot of league games to play um, and you know, for them, as as we heard from Jason, those league games don't get an awful lot bigger than than a game against um, Spennymoor. So it will be disappointing. I think both sides will be unsatisfied with a um, a, a goalless draw and the fact that you know no fans are able to be in attendance. It it, it sounded like you know probably the, the the worst possible scenario really for 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 what is normally a a big North East derby.
1: Yeah, at the top we've talked about Gloucester a lot this year. Would James Row leaving cause them to drop off? But as we mentioned, Paul Groves has now come in, and they've settled back down. And they beat the farm team in the division in Leamington.
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, I've just literally before we did this podcast, I just had a look back through to see what Leamington's unbeaten run was going into that game. And I think in all leagues and cups, they'd not lost in something like 12 games. Um, it was a very tight encounter, but yeah, a goal from Lewis Brunt, who's on loan to Gloucester from Aston Villa in the first half was uh, enough to secure the points. But yeah, I don't think Leamington have any reason to feel, um, you know, downca- downcast over the fact that, you know, a-, a first defeat in 12 is is quite some going for Paul Holleran's team.
1: And there's a lot of surprising results that you sometimes get on Boxing Day. In second place at Kidderminster, although they played two games more than some of the teams in the chasing pack, they did take the lead, but then he had a man sent off and ended up losing 3-1 at Hereford. And I know the assistant manager James they'll kind of called it a tough one to take
0: yeah, he did, and they weren't helped. It was um, Amari Morgan-Smith was the man who was uh, dismissed, ironically, for a, a, a what I gather was a, a, a late studs-up challenge on Brandon Hall. He was the ex Kidderminster goalkeeper who's now in goal for Hereford. Um, on the other side of things, you had an ex Kidderminster player in James McQuilkin who put Hereford ahead as well. So it was a real case of the ex going on yesterday. Um, yeah, Chris Camwell with a goal in the second half, and then Linnell John Lewis made it safe. Um and then yeah, we've got Chester moved into third place with a with a win against my own side, uh, Telford at the New Books head. First game with fans back in at Telford, but it, it didn't go to script, unfortunately. They led through Aaron Williams, but George Glendon equalised only ten minutes after that goal, and Anthony Dudley gave them the win in the second half. And I have to say it, it was a deserved victory.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I know we spoke to uh, Anthony Johnson, after the playoff defeat last year, and he kind of said, we're in our third season. Now, this is the season that we've got to do something. And they have started slowly, haven't they? And they were knocked out of the Cups pretty quickly. But uh, they're in third now, and, and they've got form, haven't they, for getting out of this division?
0: Absolutely, they have. And, you know, that that does bring an added sort of weight of expectation onto Chester, I think, that that they've got two guys who were regarded as serial winners in charge and, and guys who aren't satisfied with you know with with failure um but yeah they they, they, they looked good yesterday i i have to say um and and they, they they did fully deserve the result that they got but they've got a tough game against chorley coming up on on the bank holiday monday which which anthony johnson i think actually felt was likely to be a potentially harder game than the one than the two they've got against Telford um of the Boxing Day <laughs> on the second of January.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh shots fired there, eh?
0: <laughs> well, you know, if that just helps fire the Telford boys up a little bit, yeah, then who knows, but yeah.
1: But but Charlie going into the back of that a uh, fantastic result of a files,
0: aren't we? They are indeed. I mean surely were, we're rooted towards the foot and foot of the table and there was a lot of people saying that, you know, Charlie weren't a, a side you deserved to be down there, but but they hadn't played too many games. But this FA Cup run that they've had is, is as absolutely had a hugely positive effect on their league form. They beat AFC Fylde yesterday, three uh, one, and again that's perhaps not a result that many people would have um, put money on. But yeah, Connor Hall put them ahead. Ben Tollett levelled, but then Andy Owens, who's actually on loan from Radcliffe Borough to Chorley, I think, in order to to just uh, maybe just give some of their players a rest and keep him active while Radcliffe aren't playing he put them ahead and then Harvey Smith not that one not the the, the former equestrian rider but um, uh, the the, the Chorley fullback he added a third and uh, yeah game over.
1: Not the former who thinks of that? (laughs)
0: I did. Whenever I hear that, whenever I see Harvey Smith in um, in the Chorley lineup, I'm reminded of the the famous equestrian rider from many years ago who um, famously gave a two finger sign somewhere, and, and that sort of like became a bit of a trademark for him.
3: There was a disappointment for Chorley, wasn't there, Dickie, in that game towards the end? Uh, somebody who's uh, got sent off and now won't be able to take part in the Derby FA Cup game.
0: Yeah, there is a bit of a, a black mark in that for Chorley and that Tyler Garrett was dismissed pretty late on in the game. And I think that will probably, um, uh, based on, on when the fixtures are going to fall, that might rule him out of their big FA Cup date with, with Derby on the 9th of January, which that, that's a blow for him personally. It's a it's a little bit of a blow for, for Chorley themselves and it weakens them slightly, but... Um, yeah, it's it's almost no surprise to see Charlie doing so well, you know, when you've got a when you've got a fixture like that coming up and you've got players who all want to be involved in that one. It's live on BT Sport on the Saturday. Um Wayne Rooney, uh, the acting manager of Derby County is going to be there who wouldn't want to be involved in that one. So it's no surprise to see Jamie Vermiglio's team, you know, doing all they can to to impress him and, and to to book themselves a place for that tie.
3: And incredibly just two points off the playoffs now, Charley.
1: The other two Significant results internationally. North New York, they set up at Bradford
3: and Boston
1: won as well to go in sixth place.
0: Yeah, I think Boston... Beating Alfreton is probably less of a surprise, but I'm, I'm not sure. I think that might possibly be Boston's first victory at their uh, the New Jenkins Community Stadium. So it's nice for them if the, if that is the case to have to have got off to a a winning or a, finally got their their first league win there. Um, possibly they won an FA Trophy game there. I'm not sure, but yeah, York losing at Bradford that is a surprise. Um, to be perfectly honest, two goals from livis Knight for Bradford. He's been one of their you know better performers over the last two or three. seasons seasons either whether they were in the playoff places or even last season when they were battling relegation, Lewis Knight was one of their standouts. And um yeah that that's um, that's not going to have pleased many York fans going into the new year, although they have got the prospect of moving into their their new stadium coming shortly, I believe.
1: Yeah, and the the other two results to finish off in the National League North were Rob's favourite scores. Uh, both games ended in a Desmond <laughs>
0: Yeah, indeed. Geisley to Farsley Celtic 2. Not very much distance between those two teams. I think it's they might only be six or seven miles apart. Uh, and a, and a 2 will draw at Nethermore between those. Will Hayhurst on the mark twice for Farsley in that game. And, yeah, the other one uh, between Southport and Curzon and Ashton looked like the points were going to be Southport's in that one. They led an awful long time through Marcus Carver. Harry Flowers equalised for Curse and Ashton. Marcus Woods then put Southport ahead again almost immediately. But in the third minute of injury time, Dan Cowan, who has just joined Kers National after being released by Geisley, he got an equaliser and that will put Stephen Cunningham's men in, in a, a slightly better mood going into their fixture their tomorrow.
1: Over five million homes are at risk of flooding, yet many people don't realise they're in danger. Even if you've never been flooded before, it can happen to you. Protect your family and home. Prepare, act, survive. Prepare a bag including medicines and insurance documents. Act by moving important items upstairs or as high as possible. Survive by listening to emergency services. Search what to do in a flood and sign up to flood warnings on gov.uk. So in the national league, nine points clear. They had a dominant six-one victory over Yeovil, and I'm sure when the Yeovil defence closed their eyelids on a Boxing Day night, they've just seen balls being fired into the boxes. They just couldn't defend the crosses. Talkie okay, were four 0 up at half-time and they had six different scorers in total. And guys, whatever happens with the season completion, are talkie too far ahead?
4: That's a really interesting point, that one, Luke. Because I was gonna, I was gonna pose the same question. I mean, if you look at it, they've, they've only played fourteen games, I think, something like that, so far. So you've got to say we're not even halfway through the season yet, but. Um, they're absolutely flying, aren't they? And what I would say that about them is you mentioned the different goal scores in that game, and I thought that was indicative of the the team that is at the top of the league. And I emphasise the word team at the top of the league. You know, others have bought big. Uh, they've got a good manager, and um, the team is is proving the winner at the moment. And um, are we going to handle them? Handle? Are we going to give them the title at Christmas, boys?
3: No. <laughs> uh, Much no, move absolutely not i don't see them crashing and burning like they did last year and the amount of points they've got so far should keep them in that title race right to the late stages for sure um unbelievable run great credit and what you've got here yesterday is a match-up between the team that has overachieved the most this season uh against the team that have underachieved the most and uh I just can't fathom it. I was asking people at the game I was at yesterday, what do they make of this Yeovil situation? Uh, I don't want to highlight the negative, but obviously Chris has talked positively about Torquay. Um, I shall find out. Um, I won't be uh, travelling to uh, Somerset uh, tomorrow, but uh, I will be watching uh, a live stream of the, of the game between Yeovil and Aldershot. And uh, as Danny Sell said in his post-match interview yesterday, uh, you know he's a good manager, uh, and uh, they have a decent squad. And at some point, they need to bounce back. And obviously, he was he was concerned that they don't want Yeovil bouncing back against Aldershot tomorrow. But uh, it's very very hard to put your finger on. Uh, obviously, confidence plays a part. Torquay are flying with theirs, and and Yeovil just can't dig out a result. Um, I don't think that result in itself is likely to um, have the Yeovil board considering. Uh, Darren Sayers' future, but maybe the, the sheer number of results, uh, you know, the, the, the lack of wins to date, has to have them scratching their heads and considering: do they take action and do they support him, uh, and when?
4: I was just going to say, just just on that, they're actually playing each other again. I think it's the game after they played uh, after they played all the shots. So, so yeah, yeah they, and they are going to be playing each other again. So they won't be uh, relishing the prospect of, of playing Torquay so okay again. Well. Extra thing on on this game, guys, is that Torquay were allowed to have thirteen hundred fans in yesterday, and um, I think we've seen in uh, in the Premier League the teams that have had have been able to have fans in. Certainly, you know Everton have uh, have done really well um, in recent weeks having fans, and that's uh, that fan effect is certainly uh, certainly going to help them. Certainly, if they can stay in um, a low COVID area, should we call it?
1: In terms of Torquay as well, I've noticed on various sort of Facebook groups and on Twitter, you've got like nuts counting, Stockport County fans going, "Oh, well, Torquay'll drop off, we'll catch them up." But then yesterday, they're all a bit, "Oh, hold on, they might not drop off." Here. <laughs> so they're, they're starting to get worried now. The chasing packs, the one who the teams are expecting to be up there. Yeah, there's a bit. There's,
4: I mean, it's it's a valid question to, to pose. There's uh, there's nine points between them. And Sutton in second place. Having said that, Sutton have got two games in hand. You've got Notts County, you've got two games in hand, but are 12 points behind. I mean, like Rob said, I I don't think this is the end. We're not going to hand the title to them straight away at the moment, but um, it's a significant lead.
3: Yeah, I'd agree. I think that sums it up perfectly. Probably if there's only one surprise in that talkie against the Oval game yesterday... Six different scorers, well, five and an own goal. But no goal for Ben Whitfield. I was looking forward to uh, seeing his latest addition to his own goal of the season competition.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's ominous as well for the rest of the division that they're scoring goals from all over the place. Uh, They're nine points clear of Sutton, who didn't play on Boxing Day, but sneaking up quietly at Hartlepool. They're up to third. Now, they've been a bit inconsistent this season, but what a great week for them. They put... Stockport County did a sword 4-0, albeit Stockport had two men sent off. And then they beat an in Halifax 3-1, and they gained revenge for that trophy shootout defeat last weekend. Ryan Johnson, he joined from Kidderminster in the summer. That's scored in both games, as had Reece Oates. And along with Luke Armstrong, he's been firing as well. The Pools are finding their shooting boots, aren't they?
4: Yeah, no, absolutely they are. And if you add in the... Um... The FA Cup game as well, where they scored a, a few against uh, Halifax as well. They've uh, they've really found it in the last few games. I always thought that that Dave Challinor would um, get them clicking. Let's be honest; it's only a couple of games, so it's not a, a sustained uh, period just yet. But uh, where they are in the table uh, suggests that the they have got a realistic chance this year. Certainly, the playoffs; they'll be one of the teams. Pushing Torquay, um, you mentioned the midweek game against Stockport County and nine men uh, winning that game. But, um, you know, they were down to 10 men for, I think, about halfway through the game when Ash Palmer was sent off Stockport County. And you've still got to win these games and you've still got to put teams away because sometimes it can be a little bit more tricky when you are playing against uh, less men. So... A great Christmas period so far for Hartlepool. Just what the fans will want and in a great position. A stalking horse, if you like, for the uh, for the title.
1: Yeah, Rob, you've seen Hartlepool first-hand this season, albeit early, right, really early on in the season. But Luke Armstrong's
3: a great addition, isn't he? He is, uh, and he hit the ground running with some early goals. Didn't score yesterday, but um, they certainly have, have clicked clicked into into top gear now, Hartlepool, and it's good timing. I mean, if you think they've had a, a couple of little, you know, poor results and one or two little mini runs without uh, good results uh, to have just got the momentum at this point coming into Christmas and uh, New Year and, and, and actually sitting in third place, that's uh, superb. Of course, they were right at the top early on, weren't they? They had a really good start, first four or five games, and then slipped away, but uh, coming back nicely now. Um, two or three points uh, cushion in the playoffs is a big one right now because uh, we'll, we'll perhaps look at the table a little bit later, but it's really, really condensed. And uh, there is uh, just three points between eighth place and 17th right now.
1: Yeah, really tight. Uh, just all through the table in the National League. But Maidenhead are the next team up and they were a really good win for them over Wieldstone. uh Ryan up, we've got them just doing that. Uh, to start off the scoring, and then Bolton, Josh Coley, Danilo, Arce, Podomo and Nathan Blissett sealed the comfortable victory, and they had the game won before the hour mark. And Maidenhead had slipped off a little bit in recent weeks, but they seemed to be back doing what they do best.
3: Yeah, I wonder if Maidenhead are the most unpredictable team in the National League. Um, I looked at that game yesterday, and I thought this is the sort of game Wiltshire will be up for. They haven't got to travel too far, OK, the other side of uh, of London and out to the West a little bit. But uh, I fancied them. I fancied them meaning you know, against a club, another sort of unfancied, un, you know, not one of the bigger clubs in the National League. And uh, even when I looked at the scoreline at half-time, it was 2-0 to Maidenhead. And I remember remarking in my own commentary, wouldn't take too much notice of that because wilston have come back from three down, from uh, four down this season, um but uh, that might just have been dev's team talk at half time because they came out and got two goals in 8 minutes and doubled it up to 4-0 no way back for for wildston and uh, they'll be scr- scratching their heads a bit that they've seen that as a good opportunity yesterday and uh, they lost a bit of momentum themselves
4: and both these clubs have have conceded more than anyone else in the top 18 yet they're still hanging around the uh, the playoff spots which which shows you a little bit about something that they've got at the other end. I mean, you've got, I mean, we say it all the time, don't we, but on Devonshire, what, what a manager he is, and I'm just looking at the players who seem to be performing in, in recent weeks. You, you mentioned Danilo, also Didamo, he got a goal and assist. He's having an influential season. Uh, Josh Coley plucked from Norwich under-23s. A uh, goal-scoring midfielder. You've got Ty Ashby Hammond from Fulham under-23s as well. So the connections that that, uh, that he's, he's got certainly seem to be
1: paying off. And he, he's bringing in uh, bringing through young talent as well. There was a big cash of derby at Moss Lane. Who would have thought going into Boxing Day that Ulterham would have been a bust stop Port county. The Hatters are coming to this game on the back of two straight away defeats, as we mentioned earlier, without scoring. And it looked like a third after Yusuf Cite ran through an open Stopped up, stopped port defence. looked all over the place in that first half. Uh, he took tone, but a late leveller from Connor Jennings salvaged something for Jim Gannon's side. And Jim Gannon said it would have been a travesty if they didn't get anything out of the game. But is it a good point, Chris?
4: Right. Well, first of all, I think the um, I think the point was important to halt that um, that too much uh, losing streak. They were pretty hopeless against Notts County. And uh, obviously, they got smashed against Hartlepool with... Disciplinary problems that are uh, not really indicative of um, Stockport Council. They normally come top of the fair play league every season. So I know that Jim Gannon will be particularly unhappy about that. But the point was really important yesterday. It was really important that they fought back. Let's not forget that Altringham are going really well at the moment. Having said all that, one, part, one point out of nine is not where they would have uh, liked to have been after the, these few games over Christmas. I think it's clear that Things aren't clicking as as fast as people would have expected them to. But we've spoken about this before. When you when you buy virtually a whole new squad, it does take a little bit of time for them to uh, gel together. They're going to have players missing now through suspensions and things like that. Look, I don't think uh, I don't think it's time to do anything daft or panic. But there'll certainly be a few little. Um, there's a few little worrying signs there that things aren't aren't coming together. Perhaps as as quick as everyone would like them to do. Don't forget that, although they're, I think, the ninth in the league now, Stockport, they've still got a few games on a lot of other clubs around them. But I'll tell you what, there's a big game uh, coming up against Wrexham uh,
1: next week. Tomorrow, in fact. Now, Rob, I'm showing you your post-Christmas dinner snooze. You were dreaming of three points for all the shot over their local rivals bumping. And your Christmas wish came true.
3: Yeah, it did, and uh, it was unusual circumstances, really, because uh, I think the first thirty minutes, twenty-five minutes, Woking looked bright. Uh, Woking looked bright. They looked slick. They looked the sharper of the two sides, um, and, and and they forced a lot of corners and free kicks. And with their record from set pieces, you you kind of expected them to take their lead, uh, the lead, but uh, shots held firm. Um, and and they and and they really and they pounced on a, some, some opportunities in the penalty area that all came along in six minutes. None of them were great goals; they were all scrappy goals. Um, but um, it doesn't matter. Aldershot reversed the shoe was on the other foot. Uh, strangely, Aldershot inflicted the kind of defeat on Woking on Boxing Day that they've suffered two or three times this season, where they've been playing well and looking good against the likes of Torquay and Halifax at home, and then just had a mad. Ten minutes where they've, you know, they've conceded two or three goals, uh, and they did the opposite yesterday. Uh, they were well good value for the win in the second half. They snuffed out Woking, didn't let them back in at all. Just one straightforward shot from Matt Jarvis late on, um, and so it was a very different kind of Aldershot performance, a very different way for Aldershot to win. Lovely, of course, for them to get the uh, revenge for the FA Cup defeat to Woking, but. Um, So, so sad, boys, that that, that there was no fans allowed in. We've actually had a couple of games at Aldershot with the fans back in and now it's gone again. And, uh, you know, going to the game yesterday, I just didn't have the same feeling at all. And uh, I was really, really sad about it. And um, it's the second time now that uh, a week before, in the days before an Aldershot Woking game, it's either been called off or the crowds have not been allowed in. But uh, fair play to Danny Searle and the team. They got their jobs done. And they, what Aldershot did yesterday is what a lot of teams do in this National League. They put in a strong, efficient performance, very unspectacular for 75, 80 minutes. And they were clinical in the other 10. Um, and it's refreshing to see. For Woking, no, it didn't go their way on the day. Uh, they did start brightly as uh, manager Alan Dowson. Uh, shared with us after the game. Not your day today, no. uh, Douse. Um, started pretty well against Aldershot, but uh, couldn't make them pay early doors and then paid the price yourself
5: for uh, a bit of sloppiness in the penalty area. Yeah, I'd just say, and yeah, like, girls change games, and uh, if we're not scoring when we're on top and we concede the girls we've conceded, you're not going to win games against any team in our league. So but I was delighted how we started. I thought we were on the front foot, but the girls we've conceded, yeah, were unbelievable, to be honest, you know, unbelievable. Looking at the season as a whole, we're
3: we're almost at the end of the year, probably not quite halfway in the league yet, but uh, it looks like your side are going to end the 2020, a horrible year for everybody, yeah. um, but in the top half of the National League, and uh, that's not, uh, we wouldn't lose sight of the fact that that in itself is, is a good achievement for Wogan, uh, I know you won't settle for no. it. But,
5: yeah. No, 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 at the start of the season we would have settled on being fourth bottom, because obviously budgets and... Um, being part time which i think makes a difference especially over christmas like and uh, but now but we've got ourselves in a position where we're doing quite well and uh won the last two games but today it was this big disappointment really because it's just the girls we concede are ridiculous and ridiculous last week against dover as well so we're just conceding too many and then um, the quicker we get over because yeah, i don't mind getting beaten you can get beaten games because you've you got to be mad enough to take it but you want to decide to come back. You're not give away goals and i thought like we beat ourselves a little bit more today than then um, but fair play all the shop, good luck with them and um we just have to move forward as a club the way you
3: build your side stouts you have to permanently be just tinkering just to try and strengthen it whenever you possibly can you've got a number of players that you've had with you at two or three clubs particularly at hampton richmond borough and you sort of set the side around those but you're very good at finding these nuggets elsewhere um, how important is it to have the context, the likes of which you've got with Oxford, United, Charlton, etc., to survive at this level?
5: we got because we've got, we've got a couple of players, as you know. We've got a couple of players playing for free. and we sent a half playing for free. What I mean by free is it's not costing us any money. Mm. And if you're getting Yorkshire boys on a couple hundred quid instead of paying over the odds, we would we do well for that. But um, you've got to keep your contacts. But I need to dig into my contacts in the next couple of days. After the game on Monday, I've got to dig in massively because I just know about the, the defensive... Feel is of all right to see, so uh, the bottom is we got to deal with him quickly. So I've got to dig in, dig in myself. The players have got to dig in, but I've got to dig in myself.
1: Yeah, and that was Alan Dowson. And is it just a bump in the road? Do you think for Woking?
3: <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, Alan Dawson is in the business of winning football matches, and he's very, very good at it. And he finds ways. He uh, he, he finds he gets the best out of his players, and I'm sure there'll be. Absolutely fine. I think they've got the TV game against Eastleigh on uh, Bank Holiday uh, Monday, and yeah, they will be fine. And by fine, I mean you know, as I said to to to, to Douse, there they're already a ach- overachieving again by being in the top half of the National League. Um, they they will be absolutely fine. Um, just a, a a worthy a, a noteworthy of mention really for someone that all the have picked up recently that had his best game. And his first start, actually, in the National League yesterday, Jermaine Anderson, somebody who was really highly thought of a few years ago when he was at Peterborough. He had a few premiership clubs looking at him, but uh, he suffered some some long-term injuries, lost his way a little bit, went to Bradford for a while within the last 12 months. That didn't work out. Uh, He's come down to National League level. He's shown the right attitude. He's been patient. He had his first start yesterday and uh, he really was arriving late into the box uh, just at the right time to 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 nick the second and third goals for all the shot yesterday so yeah good signing from from Dannison
4: not to do it to death because we've done it to uh, to death loads and loads of times but i think the the fans thing is particularly sad around about this time of year um, when the derby matches um are taking place um and it's i think i think it's fair to say Luke, that in um, in the sort of divisions that that we also cover at step three, that uh, one of the reasons why they're not going ahead, um, Boxing Day and New Year's Day, is because they didn't want those
1: fixtures to go by without fans. You know, it was like you say, it was a... Stri- <clears throat> like Rob mentioned, it was a really strange feeling because you obviously have all the Christmas festivities and then you wake up on Boxing Day feeling a bit bloated and you think, I can't wait to go. So you get that time and that Boxing Day buzz, don't you? Because it's a local derby and have a couple of pints, don't you, and meet your mates and uh, see people that you haven't seen for a while because they've moved away and they come up for the derby and stuff like that, but none of that could really happen, could it? And uh, I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest, saddest thing about the Boxing Day pictures, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, and, and the way it's all panned out too, because there was a government announcement seven days before that actually occurred during the games that we were probably watching. I was in the awkward position to try and commentate on a game and kind of get the gist of that and get that out on air. And what it did seem at the time, um, just in 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 the part of the world that I'm concerned with, um, is that Hampshire would remain in tier two. And uh, we thought, oh, thank goodness, you know, we'll be allowed the fans in for the Woking game. And then, of course, a further announcement in the week just pulled the rug out from underneath that. So it's really, really cruel. Fair play to everybody at Aldershot for just, uh, you know, brushing themselves down and getting on with it and and for the team coming out with the right result. Um, Looking at the league table, just bringing that point up again. Uh, It was put to me prior to the game yesterday, all, you know, Woken are in a decent position. Aldershot are uh, struggling down the wrong end of the table. And it's just a weird league table because actually prior to that game yesterday, Autoshock were a lot nearer to the bottom than the top, but they were nearer points wise to the playoffs than they were to the relegation places. And that's even more so the case now. So um, as Hartlepool approved, stick nine points, you know, on, on together on on the trot and, and you probably find yourself in a playoff position.
1: Also down at the bottom are uh, Dover. They face that kind of a red in front of the BT Sport cameras and even though it was only a 1-0 win for the Dags, it certainly was a, a mostly comfortable 1-0 win in horrific conditions. Uh, Dover's cause wasn't helped by Josh Pasley, Josh Pashley, Red card midway through the first half, a straight red card there. Uh, Andor Balanta right the start the second half. He scored the goal that proved to be the winner and had a slight scare when Adi Aziz won a penalty, but Aziz probably win contender for worst penalty this season I think it lacked so much power that Elliot Justin could have gone home and come back again and still saved it
3: <laughs> yeah he could have done um, I watched that game when I got home last night uh, I flicked through it I think it's fair to say and um, you know Dagenham made really hard work of that they should have had it done especially when Do- a poor Dover side went down to 10 men credit to Dover for hanging in there credit to Hessenthaler Tyler for continuing to fight the impossible fight well, you never felt like Dagenham would concede, would you? Not particularly, but they had a few moments. Like you said, they had a penalty. As, as, as poor as they were and down to ten men, they had a penalty. They should have had a point out of it. Dover and Dagenham would have been left with egg on their their faces. Really, um, like you say, Justin didn't have a lot to do other than the penalty. And uh, with the likes of Kenny Clark and Callum Reynolds in the defence, they weren't going to offer up too many uh, opportunities for Dover. But um, the big problem for Dover uh, Chris uh, I know they've only played 10 games less than anybody else in the league but six goals you know what do we start October November December three full months into the season 10 games and just six goals their fans have seen them score just six times since football began again
4: yeah and you know Luke alluded to it it's really difficult to see where it was coming from I didn't see the quality in that final third was was pretty terrible yesterday um and this is a this is a game where Elliot just um it looked like he was concussed early on in the game i've got to say he got a yeah. he got he got a clip to the head um for, from Aziz and he it stopped the game for about five minutes and he didn't look he didn't look quite that great when he when he came back either so you would have wanted, as crude as it is, you would have wanted to be uh, to be challenging, putting some challenging balls in, and getting some shots off and stuff like that. But it just didn't didn't really come together. And I think we were talking before about Torquay, uh, whether we hand the title to them. At the moment, we decided not to. But I think in terms of going down, it's going to be incredibly difficult for Dover yeah. to uh, to get out of the situation that they're in. With the squad
0: they have, that
1: got. yeah, they have got five games in hand. But like you say, that was a that was a. And glaringly obvious thing even though I've said we're down to time You just they a raft of ideas going forward didn't he and I mean they're relying on Aziz he's only scored 27 goals in over 250 appearances um so he's not prolific
3: is he no but um I think Hessenthaler and I know Hessen Tyler's already sort of rang around a lot of contacts and got one or two players in on loan he's gonna to have to do some more of that I think and beg borrow and steal in order to get the uh, the tools he needs to try and get them out of that position. Just to, to, to be fair, you mentioned the five games in hand. That's, that's a bit of an exaggeration, really. You've got to go up to 12th before you can find a team with that's played 15. Um, most of the teams, the average amount of games played for the eight, nine, 10 teams above them is probably around about 13 games. So, uh Dover have got a good couple of games in hand, and the other thing that's in their favour at the moment—only three going down—and they're not adrift. They're actually, uh, they're actually only three points behind Barnet, who sit in 20th. But then there is a little gap. Um, and uh, if you were looking at the moment, you would say that probably um, the three that will go down could well come from that bottom four. What do you think, Chris?
4: No, oh, absolutely, 100% agree. Uh, agree with you there or at least two of them. There's there's sometimes a surprise, isn't there, that that starts to plummet, but yes, certainly at least two. Uh, But that's, again, a significant gap now, isn't it?
1: In the final game, it was a decent point for Weymouth at Eataly, especially as Weymouth have been conceding goals left, right and centre recently, haven't they?
3: Yeah, it was a good point. And, uh, you know, if you can't win a game, make sure you don't lose it, as they say. And, uh, you know, Weymouth certainly... uh, they're fighting. They're up for this battle. They they might just be, um, you know, out of, the, out of the three teams, Weymouth, Barnet, and Dover. They might just be um, the most positive because it is their first season at this level for a long time, isn't it? And uh, they're gonna they will have come into the season probably knowing that they're gonna suffer a few defeats. It's how they bounce back, and uh, you know, they um, their goal difference isn't as bad as the likes of Barnet and Dover, uh, or even uh, Kings Lynn above them. Um, I think more the issue is that uh, when you look at those teams from the the bottom four upwards, you don't really see. You think they'll have enough to at least be lower mid table and not not go down. Kingsley, and, you know, Chesterfield are on the up. We know that Dagenham under uh, Daryl McMahon, they're they're, they're not going to be pulled down. I think Aldershot do enough, don't they? You know, they, with a win every three, two or three games, uh, Boreham Wood, Eastley. You're struggling to find other clubs unless Kings Lynn. You know, come come crashing down. Maybe one or two significant injuries, uh, and get pulled back into that. I think it's a fight between uh, those four teams uh, for the one place to stay up. So we're going to look now at the National League South, and because of COVID
1: and Storm Bella, there was only two games that took place in the National League South uh, on bank, on Boxing Day. Uh, the biggest game of them was uh, Hampton and Richmond Borough. They won one nil away at Darkin what a win that was for Hampton.
3: Yeah, I mean, first of all, not many teams go to Dorking and keep a clean sheet. And I think with 10 minutes to go, uh, on Saturday, uh, I think there's no doubt that, um, for Gary McCann and Har- Hampton and Richmond Borough, they would have potentially been looking to come away with a decent, solid point away at, uh, Dorkin. but, uh, they weren't content with that. They went and won it 10 minutes from time for, with a, a Miller Rodney strike. And, uh, if if there was a game, uh, a test really for Hampton and Richmond where they where, where where they were tested on their credentials to be up the, the right end, you know for the duration this season, that was probably it, and uh, you know a, a magnificent result. Um, just uh, Dawkins uh, promotion charge hitting the buffers a little bit there, but Hampton and Richmond. It does seem that when they get it right on the day, they, they do have potentially beaten most sides in that division.
1: So joining us now, and he's in a respondent in his Hampton and Richmond Borough top. It is the, the manager of Hampton and Richmond Borough, Gary McCann. Hiya, Gary. Afternoon, chaps. Are we okay? Yeah, good. Cheers. Happy Christmas. And same to all you. And uh, I presume it was a Merry Christmas for you because you say you um, we, we talked about it briefly before, but great result on Boxing Day for you.
6: Yeah, yeah. It was a new challenge for us. I mean, mid-season, three weeks out um, because we we haven't kicked a ball since the 5th of December. Um, So to have three weeks with no games. uh, We also had a 14-day isolation period in there as well. So, we've only managed to get two training sessions in on the grass. Um, We had had a session on the Monday and an in-house 70-minute game on the Wednesday. So, I feared going into the game and, I mean, that was the nature of the opposition. You know, we do know that Dorking had a team to beat this year. Uh, They've assembled a fantastic group of players. So, to go there and put in the performance we did, it was a bit backs to the wall. You know, they had a lot of pressure and a... A lot of um, a lot of territory in the second half. But, um, you know, we come through the other side with a win. So it was really pleasing.
3: It's um, an obvious question to ask, I guess, Gary. But, um, you know, you're there, you're kicking every ball, you're living every moment. But if given the break that you'd had, a very difficult place to go to. You know, they're right up the top end. They have been all season. Uh, not many teams go to Dawkin and even keep a clean sheet. Uh, Ten minutes to go. It's nil-nil. You probably would have been relatively happy to have got out of there with a clean sheet and a point, wouldn't you?
6: Yeah, I think um, my mindset changed with about twenty minutes, half hour to go. Um, I've, I, you know, I'm a positive, forward thinking manager. We we played with five offensive players to start with yesterday, so we didn't go there to contain. We went there to impose ourselves on the game and and win the game. To you know, uh, initially, but as the game goes on and you get feel for what they're about. They've got some really intelligent players. I think the loss of Pryor was key to them, the latter stages of the first half, because he's a big focal point for them. Um, So their game plan plan changed a little. Um, They haven't got such a focal point in the wide areas. Um, So we were maybe able to narrow off and send them wide and hope that they would keep loading the box like they normally do, which was a tactic that worked really well. Um, But as the game went on last half hour, yeah, it was, let's get out of there with what we can. Uh, they was the pressure was mounting as I say they've got a lot of good players um, but you know there were still openings, we were still on the counter, we've got pace and we've got quality on the counter and we were still breaking out on them and, and maybe not creating enough in that final third, I think the fine details and the position the position of the, the final third is what gets lost in that period when you're away from match sharpness and match fitness and and we wasn't quite there, them last little bits uh, wasn't, wasn't quite a, a a a premium and you know and it was and it was a matter of um you know if one presented itself to us could we take it and find another level of performance because once you get a goal and you get out in front you find another notch to your defensive display and and in the last 10-15 minutes we were magnificent defensively goalkeeper throughout the 90 minutes had to have his a game um, on show and and Jules was was excellent on the day
3: and uh, I know, obviously, in football, it's all about the next game and your focus right now will be very much on uh, the Dulwich-Hamlet game. But it's fascinating, the match-up over, um, you know, the Christmas period. Do you play Dorkin again on the Yes. Yeah, yep, ses-
6: yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got them on the second. You had the return game on the New Year's Day fixture. Um, so, yeah, we play them at home on the second. We go three back-to-back home games now and that'll be a different, a different set of... You know conditions to 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 adjust to because we've gone on to a 3G at Dorkin, a really good 3G, and been able to play the, you know, the attractive offensive-minded football that we like to play um, at Dorking. And I spoke to the groundsman this morning. The pitch was underwater early this morning with a storm that had come in. So it will be the longest stud available to us um, going into tomorrow's game. It will be a completely different, as I say, set of conditions, and and it might need. Slight adjustment in the team selection as well. But, um, you know, the game further ahead of us, the Dawkins game, I'm sure they'll be riled by their defeat yesterday, it? and it'd be an even tougher game than yesterday's.
1: Up to fourth out, Gary, as well, aren't you? And like you say, three home games, four wins out the last five. You're in a good place, aren't you, going into the new year?
6: Yeah, I mean, my only concern, and it's something we've got to address, is that most of our successes have been on the road. I think we've had six from seven wins away from home. Um, we've maybe only had five games at home, so we've not had as many, but we've had three defeats in there, which is you know, which is not us. Um we've got to get our home form back to the sort of levels that it was last year. If we want to be successful and stay in and around the the, the top, you know, end of the table, it's it's gonna be about a home form. We can't just rely on our away form because we've got some really tough games on the road coming up as well. So these next three games will be pivotal if we wanna stay in there. We've put ourselves in a great position. There's a real togetherness in the camp at the moment. I can feel something forming. There was, you know, a lot of retainees from last year and the three or four that we added over and above that have, you know, have really sort of enhanced the group. And I think it's as strong a group as I've ever had to work with in, in my management time collectively in all areas of the pit. So, you know, we're we're definitely moving in the right direction, but I keep using the same phrase. We are still a work in progress and, you know, there's still improvement to be made.
3: What do you make of uh, your opponents tomorrow, Dulwich, Hamlet? They didn't have the best of starts to the season. There's always a lot of expectation there. Probably not been quite the same for them without one of the biggest crowds uh, in, in the National League South. But obviously, they'll be on their travels to you tomorrow. Uh, they're up to a healthy mid-table position now, so they've pulled it round a bit.
6: Yeah, I mean, they had three back-to-back wins, didn't they, recently? Which were really important for them. I watched one of them games against Eastbourne, and they played a system that, um, you know, we're going to have to make some adjustments to look after. They've got pace and experience. They've got, you know, experience in in key key areas of the pitch. I know. Cads and and Gav really well. They're good friends of mine, and they always assemble a side that's difficult to play against. So I had no doubt that they would, um, you know, would come through the other side of it. They maybe suffered more because of that crowd. I mean, you have two two and a half thousand fans screaming your own. Um, it's you know it makes a big difference to all of a sudden be playing in front of no one. So the game I went to, I think it was their first game that they'd had a crowd back through, and I think there was. Nearly 1,100 people there, which again speaks volumes for the for the football club. Um, you know, it's a very progressive football club. It's a, it's a club that we've locked horns with quite a few times over over my managerial time, and you know we've already, always had very difficult games against them. So I expect it to be no different tomorrow. Um, they'll be well rested, as I said in my interviews yesterday. You know, they've sat at home watching the stream of our game yesterday while we're putting 95 minutes of really hard grafting. So. That could be a factor. We've got to try and make sure it's not, but um it's it's definitely uh, another challenge that we've got to overcome playing no match minutes to all of a sudden playing 95 minutes and then 48 hours later playing another one. So that's a test in itself.
1: Nice one. Cheers, Gary, uh, thanks for that.
6: No problem at all. Anytime, anytime.
1: Yeah, another game, the only other game in that division was the the West Country Derby between Chippenham and Athens. As you might expect, there was a couple of red cards in there as well and it, it finished one apiece in the end.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the story of the game. All I can see is it's one all on goals and one all on red cards. And uh, no doubt, like uh, a lot of the teams in, in the National Leagues, uh, they'll do it all again uh, the day after New Year's Day um, without those red carded players, of course.
1: Yeah, it's interesting as well that it was uh, an own goal that opened the scoring. in for chipping him through Jack Batten, and uh, unfortunately he couldn't batten down the hatches in the end, and Bath did equalise through a goal through Freddie Grant, which keeps which does neither side <laughs> much favours really, but at least he, he got the game on.
3: Chippenham had won yesterday; they would have gone seventh and nipped into the promotion places or the playoff places rather. But uh, I guess really, uh, Dartford and some Oldmans were the winners really, not playing and Dorking. Uh, uh, slipping up, they do have a little bit of a gap. St. Albans two points clear of Dartford, who are two points clear of uh Dorking now, and uh, Hampton, Hampton and Richmond with that is a massive six pointer, wasn't it, really, against Dorking? And uh, they're close to within a point now of uh, of Dorking. And uh, I, I think with so few other games in the National League South, um, on uh, Saturday, on Boxing Day. We just have to make one more mention. Uh, I just can't believe we're sitting here at Christmas looking at Hungerford in fifth place. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And uh, yeah, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. We'll hopefully be back
1: to review Monday's game. So we'll have a podcast out on the Tuesday. Until then, uh, look after yourselves and we'll speak to you all very soon.